We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zion. This time, a contemporary tale concerning the Space Action Podcast! You are the population of the world. With your hosts, Chris Carson and DC and Shama. Well, well, well. This is the weasel. This is the reptile cage. Here are the ducks. Welcome to Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. My name's Denise Omanshama. My name is Chris Carson. And this week, we come <laughs> to talk to you good people. Can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's going to be an ongoing thing. So... Um, as, as some listeners may know, we used to have Davey screaming in the background. Davey has since left this dimension. Um, but his grandson, Grim, is getting along great with Jack, as Sounds you can hear. Sounds like they're getting along smashingly. Oh, uh, yeah. So, there, like, there's going to be a lot of this, this podcast, folks. And on my end, there will be a lot of uh, wheels on the bus go round and round, baby screaming, and dog thumping. So. Yeah. Between all that noise, you might get a brief window into what psychosis feels like. (laughs) (laughs) We should just start calling this white noise the podcast. Cat screeching and baby music. I think that's what you hear right before you load the fucking AR-20 and go to the mall. You know what I mean? (laughs) It it is. I can assure you it is. (laughs) Speaking of mass killings, explosions, Mm -hmm. chaos, and all the above. Good Lord, folks, this week we come humbly to you folk to talk about what, Chris Carson? The, not Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide Squad. The, the, uh, the, the makes all the, the difference. That's right. It's, it's the byproduct of what happens whenever you get fired from one studio and another one becomes in and says, hey, you want like free reign to do whatever the fuck you want and have a good time doing it? And you do such a good job. Yeah, and then you do such a good job that that guy who originally hired you was like, oh, fuck, we can't run this without you. Can you please come back? And you're like, yeah, one minute. I got a sweet new job, you rat pricks. Give me a minute. Yeah. I love the the, uh, ridiculousness of a company that deals in like overseas children's death in sweatshops and violence and right-wing agendas to keep their toxic plants open was like whoa 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 he once went to a party dressed as a priest yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Insinuating that's what, he was a, a pedophile. Okay, we need to fire this guy. The fucking audacity on Disney, eh? Being like, whoa, that's unacceptable. It's like, dude, we don't even have to dig that deeply to find the skeletons buried yeah. in your fucking closet. Like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah, how's mine Fear Walt doing? Where's his head? <laughs> in some Nazi bunker somewhere? How many tons did you just add to that swirl of garbage in the Pacific from all your parks across the world? Yeah, yeah let's just back up off fucking James Gunn, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> How much money did you give to to uh, to Trump in order to get your regulations cut exactly. at your uh, your plastic plants? Don't oh, get me okay. wrong, I love your no. space punch films, but just no no your <laughs> pick your battles, Disney, pick your fucking battles. They just hope they're like no one will notice that with one hand we're pretending to be progressive while the other hand we're burning the world alive. Like it, it really just seemed to be something to to please the people to be like, hey, you know what? Um, you're right. We have to get rid of this guy, and they're like, well, wait, like eight months. Yeah, yeah, we'll sneak you in the back door. Really, we're really sorry, but you need to be our scapegoat for a little bit here. Yeah, like who knows? Like the um, oh sorry. 
Maybe there's some inside trading where they're like, listen, we got a guy over at Warner Brothers who says there might be a job for you that'll keep you sustained. You wait a couple months for the fires to die down. You come back, have some fun with Idris Elba. You know what I mean? I I love though, like I mean, because Warner Brothers has been being dragged through the shit recently for all their horrible racism. Mm-hmm. But you do have to admire the fact that they sat back and went, uh, "Can we, we let's just hire this guy?" Because that's ridiculous that they fired him. Let's just let's just make some money off him right now. Like no pun intended, <laughs> but it really is just like this, the the ship is sinking. So like we we need the rats to save us. James Gunn just got like a scarlet lettered. We need that guy. <laughs> yeah, we need. We're not going to bow down to the lynch mob, the online yeah. lynch mob. We're just going to fucking hire him. Yep. And you know what? They probably bought themselves another couple of years. Like I think that Peacemaker spinoff that John Cena's going, that has a good jumping yep. off point. Like I think people are going to tune in for that. If you do anything with Harley now, she's definitely like, I thought this was like her best fucking entry in all the Margot Robbie performances like by a long oh, shot. Agreed. You know? I think they finally got the character right, mm-hmm. where they, which they failed at in the last two entries. It was, just, it was just Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, right? Birds of Prey. Did she pop up in... Uh, no, no, I was thinking uh, Justice League. Just, uh, neither of those, no. No, because Birds of Prey was just a nightmare. And then, uh, obviously, the, the infamous um, first Suicide Squad was... I, th- I can't even imagine an, an un, uncut, unmessed with version would be very good. Are you sure? Because so, apparently that's the next step. That's what everyone had over at Warner Brothers and DC is doing now is, is the fucking director's cut. Because, you yeah. know, the just, the fucking Justice League one did so fucking well. Did it actually do well? Not near the right. But, like, given yeah. COVID times, like, it was enough to, like, oh, there's viable options here, you know? Right, like, right, people yeah. did sh- show up for something that was essentially just an extended director's cut we released online, and it did okay. And the crazy thing, too, is that, like, they had to complete a lot of shots and effects and everything for Zack Snyder's too. movie. And add shit, But um, the the David Ayer Suicide Squad was, like, in the can, ready to go. Like, ready to go. They were they were screening it for audiences and getting feedback and then did, like, all these re-edits and blah, blah, blah and all the story behind it and then did reshoots. So they would have to spend considerably less money to get that cut out. So I'm surprised they're not kind of just doing it. Or maybe they just don't want to draw attention away from this now new probably of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like, yeah, like if you have another Suicide Squad tech, like, quote unquote, in the can that you can release at any time, like, don't, like, you're riding the wave of this one. Wait a couple months and then you can be like, hey, yeah. remember that air cut we were talking about? It sounds yeah. like by all accounts and purposes, though, it's just a sadder, more bleaker version of like the butcher job that we got, though. Yeah. Like they just. It, where the Joker makes sense and nobody dies is what I've heard. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like a real riot. More Leto and no suicide. <laughs> yeah. That's and what no I came suicide. for. I guess that would be more comic accurate. I mean, it's not like they kill off characters every week in this or every month in the Suicide Squad title in the comics, but um, it would be weird that no one, like, nobody But if it's, if it's a two-hour picture, you gotta take, someone's yeah. gotta be hanging at the end of the movie, you know what I mean? Like, right? You'd think so. But fuck those movies. Fuck all the peripherals. <laughs> Should but we go through I the do, plot of this one? Because we never do that. We always one? just, like, fucking no lubricant. Jump all over the place. Fucking yeah. raw dog it straight into what we liked, and we never really talk about the overall story. Yeah, let's do that. But but before we do, I just want to say um, 
I think that the the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad, like back to back as a duology, would make for a very interesting film course. The original, Just the comparison of the two, yeah, the Su- Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, mm. comparing and contrasting them, of just how, like su- the Suicide Squad, every character has an arc. Every there is meaning behind, like every action in the movie mm. has a consequence and a result. It's it's this happens, therefore this happens, which yes. causes this to happen. Suicide Squad is sort of just this happens, this happens, this happens. No one, I mean, we haven't seen the original cut, so we can't attest to that. But what we do have, there's no character arcs, there's no real development. It's just, um, it's just a series of events where they fight a clone of of Steppenwolf, basically at the end. Yeah, so it's just, that's right. I think it would be a great um, compassed or er, compassed. Wow, baby brain. Contrast and comparison; those two movies would make it actually like a g- legitimately interesting film study. That's true, and also you have to deal with a lot less Carla Delevingne. I think that's a a, that's that's a win any time of day. I don't care <laughs> what the context is. <laughs> Dead-eyed fuck. Anyways, uh. well, so, so um, spoilers. If you haven't seen Suicide Squad, please don't listen to this podcast. Because I really love this movie, and I don't want to spoil it. It's really for hard anybody. to spoil, not spoil past like the first eighty seconds of the film. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So saying that, spoilers from here on out. Please shut it off. Go watch it. Come back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the movie starts with a a giant misdirect. Yes. Yes. It's crazy because all the marketing led you to believe who the Suicide Squad was. And then it wasn't them. <laughs> it's pretty fucking hilarious. In terms yeah. of like the dudes worked with the studio system for so long, he knows how to like leak out just enough information and then just double finger say fuck you in the first eight minutes of the movie. You're like, what? Yeah. Are you it serious? Is kind of, it's kind of a bummer that they gave away Starro in the trailer. They should have kept that a little tighter. I, see, have your lid on that. I've been on a trailer diet, man. I'm telling yeah, you, see? it's fucking great. Whenever the second they were like a Project Starfish, I was like, fuck off. No yeah. way they're going that. And sure enough, by the end, full kaiju Starro with people like with starfishes on their faces. That was fucking, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like, that's some fun shit, man. I just did too. I don't like watch a lot of trailers and stuff anymore these days either. But I was just, because James Gunn, I've, I can't name a movie of his I'm not. I don't love mm. so I was in, I was just kind of casually interested so I thought to myself I'll just watch the first trailer because trailer number one usually doesn't give anything away and the trailer number one right at the fucking end we gotta kaiju you up in this shit and I was That's like right. oh, god damn it <laughs> you save that for trailer two guys yeah yeah I guess whose decision is that ultimately is it guns or the studio when I it comes would to the trailers? imagine it's the studio has, right gets that final say on that feels like a studio choice to be like we have to put this in the marketing to put butts in yeah. seats. You know what I mean? I don't well, think James Gunn would be like, I'm going to fucking not bury the lead and show you my big old starfish. Right at the end. Yeah, which kind of exactly. sounds like a tweet that would get him fired from Disney. Yeah, it would exactly. Um, but because Sony is a great example of that. they You don't have to watch a Sony movie. You just can watch the trailer. <laughs> it's it's every beat. So the new Spider-Man movie coming out, the first trailer will be like, here's the whole story, motherfuckers. Yeah, like, that's okay. true. I remember the first one with Toby right down to fucking Goblin on the bridge. And I'm like, I literally do not need to see the movie anymore. Like, yeah. You showed oh, me yeah. beat for beat what the film is. I think no one's learning from Marvel of like, I guess no one has the 
the confidence to just show you a taste anymore no the way trailers are supposed to do unless it's but like a really niche horror film like something that a224 uh, like blumhouse is doing i find they're pretty good at being just showing you just enough to get just you interested but yeah. it's harder with these blockbusters that are just cgi fucking overloads you gotta put like they're like this you can feel the studio notes of like we didn't spend that much money on that action sequence not to put at least 80 seconds of it in this fucking trailer to, you know to get, to get everyone in and everything is so watered down now for such general audiences which i would love to do uh, uh did we ever do blade runner 2049 did we no. do that podcast because I, I kept saying you gotta watch it you gotta watch it and then i think it took you a bit and then we just never did bit. it and we never did it because i did a back-to-back of the first two of blade runners and as much as i like 2049 it does feel considerably more audience friendly yes than blade runner and i would love to have a discussion about that but today we are not <laughs> going down the blade runner rabbit hole Speaking instead of 2049 Maybe it's just because she's a tiny, pale girl with blue eyes and a weird accent. She's not Deckard's daughter, Ratcatcher, too, is she? Or are they oh, maybe. remarkably similar? I don't know. Uh, Everyone just... looks the same to me. I think I'm <laughs> developing face blindness. Well, also, we're at that age where it's like anyone the age of, under the age of 25 just kind of looks the same. Like, anytime I hear this about a new pop star, I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm not going to remember her you look... name. <laughs> you look the same. You sound the same. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore. Yeah. Billie Eilish, no, Swiftler, Taylor. I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, Swiftler, Eilish, Bill. Yeah. No. Oh. Lordy, Lordy Lou. It is not the same um, girl. Wow. No? Crazy. Uh, she was Gwen. Oh, she was the Portuguese Gwen Stacy in Spider-Verse. But that's about it. As wow. the voice of? Yeah, yeah in, the, uh, in the Portuguese version of Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, but, gotcha, gotcha. But that's okay. it. But, but um, I, like, even her, man, like, god damn it. You, like, you, you, at first you'd be like, fucking Ratcatcher, who gives a shit? But really, the whole climax of the movie comes down to her saving the fucking day. And logistically so. Like, where you're like, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that, that would 100% make sense. Well, in, a, in a world where you could the, rally rats, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah. Well, because this is an actual, you know, what are those things called? Um, movie. <laughs> this actually has set up and payoff and threads that make sense throughout it. But uh, we were going to go through the plot. So the plot, the plot starts with with just all the. Uh, it starts with what's his name? Michael I Rooker. Forget his name. Michael Rooker uh, as savant and mm. getting recruited into the Suicide Squad. And in the course of, I think it's like eight minutes, nine minutes until the actual opening credit start. I think I checked it was through, 15. It's, it's, it it's 15. quite a while before the Warner Brothers Presents title card pops up. Starts up, yeah. And it goes through essentially the first act of any other movie of all these characters <laughs> being introduced and getting to know each other and then a nice scene between them all so we get a sense of all their characters and then they're all unceremoniously fucking murdered <laughs> in the span of about a minute and a wonderful opening credit sequence as the camera goes and swirls around through the the remaining you know the battlefield of all their charred horrible corpses some great camera work <laughs> camera moves in this movie man oh, like fuck. Just, yeah I, just the whole movie was was so um um it was like i don't even know the words to use to describe the camera work because it was whip pans yep. and swishes but it was just it was just so uh, innovative and intuitive to yep. each scene. It was yep. everything was so meticulously crafted out. The so one, much done in camera too. Yeah, yeah. The one that immediately was the bus. I was trying to figure on the second pass. Was the bus scene whenever she like spoilers uh, talking about her the origin? Was that rear projected onto the window? Oh. 
because oh when she when she's talking about yeah, Taika know. and I was like oh like again on the second Rat pass catcher too mm-hmm. yeah there's a scene where she's um, uh, recounting her origin. And I'm not sure. It could have been. You know, because like, it feels like something that... green screen. It feels like something he would have done, you know? Like, James Gunn, like, well, yeah, this was, like, a simple shot, but trust me, like, I'm, there's something more going on here. Like, when King Shark yeah, pulls that effective. guy apart, it's not just CGI. It's an actual dummy we yank apart. That's going to have guts and yeah, yeah, blood yeah. fly out of it, you know? Oh, I loved his... The little dips back into trauma. His trauma years of just pure, unmitigated gore. But never too much. But, but still, like... For a comic book movie to have like center frame throat slits and yep. people being ripped in half, and you're like, that feels so, so much like James Gunn's work 15 years ago, like before he entered the big, big league, like Super unquote. or Slither or oh, something. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Super is still, I think, his best movie, including all this new stuff. My, fi- I would recommend Super over anything else. The part where I was like, that is so goddamn Gunn was the the Starro lab reveal of like I was that just was something straight out of Slither of just body horror, and I was like, oh, you still, oh, yeah. you still, and like you know, nothing. Like he knows, man, nothing beats rubber, slimy prosthetics on feces. CGI yeah. can't. We may a CGI eyeball in the middle, but like, that's more creepy than anything yeah. a computer can make, and it's just so unsettling. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I've been going on an indie kick recently because it's the 40th anniversary, and all the CGI bugs and ants and shit in Part Four is just so awful. Oh, that's like, right. You, no matter how good CGI looks, you never get that like subconscious <laughs> from CGI as you do for practical. It's just a point of fact. James um, Gunn is really good at practical. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, it definitely has elements, threads from like his older movies. This one more than I guess, well, because Guardians oh, yeah. is, is literally made by a Disney studio, so you can't get away with that shit. But this one was clearly the like I have a f- helped. Yes, I have a fuck ton of money and my old sensibilities back. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. It. It. De- it. Not only did he feel like I guess it's sort of the Spielberg thing where like if you hire someone who is so good at pleasing an audience you don't need to rein them in with a million notes that's right kind of just let them do what they do and that's sort of james gunn to a degree and also an r rating he finally didn't have to hold back so it's like i have 200 million dollars to just do whatever to make it it's a 200 million dollar trauma movie and it was fucking amazing (laughs) (laughs) but um we still haven't we didn't get past the opening scene yet and breaking down the movie. We always do this. We tried this once before with something. What was it? I think it was uh, the last Star Wars movie. It took like five we like, hours for us yeah. to get in ten minutes. You're like, let's break it down scene by scene two hours later. Okay, and then the opening crawl ended. <laughs> and it, it, it panned we out get in, bullshit. We get introduced to uh, Deadshot 2, a.k.a. Bloodsport. Bloodsport, yeah. Once so again, great, f- um, fighting for his daughter. Yeah. Impeccable accuracy. I, I do like the way think? they at least pointed it out this time around where they were like, when they introduced, um, what's his fuck, Cena as a uh, page, uh, oh my God, not Iron Patriot. What the fuck is that guy's name? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's uh, got the exact same origin story. He's, like, he's, he's the most lethal, anything in his hand is a lethal weapon. His father, he's like, wait a minute, that is... I thought you would say where they're all original. That's literally the same origin story of me. I'm like, yep, because it's James Gunn just like a wink and a nod being like, I know, Will Smith didn't want to come back, so we're just... <laughs> <laughs> we got two of them now. Fuck it, all right? Just deal okay. with it. There'll be a payoff later. Trust me, it'll be worth it. I do like the, yep, I'm like you, but better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, John Cena, man. I'm, I would, First, I was divided him because, you know, it's hard to look at him seriously because he looks like one of the action figures from Small Soldiers come to life. 
Like yeah. he's yeah, just his a face is grizzled. Very oddly proportioned man. And at mm. first, like, because I, I think it was, um, God damn it, maybe Ralph Garman said John Cena's always acts like he knows he's in a comedy movie. You think about mm-hmm. people like Leslie Nielsen, and that's what makes him so funny. He plays it straight in a comedy and makes it fucking funny. But John Cena just has this way of like making everything a little bit too camp in the way he delivers it. But as I was watching this one, I'm like, it fits him though because the the casting fits him. And this time around, he sounds like what Chris Evans' Captain America would sound like if he was a little bit of a delusional maniac who would kill women and children in the name of freedom. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. Like, it's just like this... Well, that's who the um, comedian is based off of in com- Watchmen. Yeah, that's right. That's, hence uh, the, flood, the, the, jo- the line, Peacemaker, what a joke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, I also like, too, that the two leads in a giant summer blockbuster were both, like, in their 50s. I was, I noticed that, okay, I'm not gonna lie, I just watched it again. I was, that was my first thought. I was like, there's no, like, young, hip people in that movie other than Ratcatcher. They're all just, like, older, like, Sylvester Stallone, even, you know? They're just older, dumpier dudes. I'm like, good for you, man, just getting your friends still working. Big blockbuster movies. I guess Margot Robbie and, um... The dude, the main, like the 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 not main main guy. Oh, uh, Rick Flag, Rick Rick Flair. <laughs> that was we, we we already tried to record this podcast once, and I, I kept saying Rick Flair. Yes, you did. But, but it, and it in my head, miserably. it made a very different movie, where the Suicide, yeah. Scott, Suicide Squad's cover is repeatedly blown by like, whoa! And they're like, what the fuck? KSA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they were the only two to survive the... So, yeah, anyways, they all died at the beginning as a distraction <laughs> to let the actual Suicide Squad, which was an amazing, like, splash page from a yes, comic of when they come up off the beach. It says Suicide Squad. And it, it did feel like James Gunn going, like, a bit of him going, fuck you, to the first movie and those characters. I'm now here, yep. and this is my Suicide yep. Squad. And the only ones who lived uh, were were um, from the other... The, the, the B team that was the distraction were Harley Quinn... And Rick Flair, uh, <laughs> 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 Rick Flag, and so the movie starts basically with them having to, like, the actual Suicide Squad's mi- mission is to to uh, go to Corto Maltese and destroy Project Starfish and any evidence, which we'll get to as to why. Mm-hmm. But they have to get sidetracked to go rescue Rick Flag, and that's sort of like the first real kind of. Uh, action beat for those characters is going and rescuing him. The thing I love is the, fucking hilarious. That that first act, I didn't expect that whole pseudo Vietnam War movie feel, which I thought he. I was like, wow, I didn't did not see this coming, but it totally felt like Full Metal Jacket or something. We're creeping around the jungle. I, I don't know. Like yeah. that movie was so good at just changing tone from scene to scene, like oh, yeah, body yeah. horror action movie. Um, but yeah, that fucking first act with them busting into the camp. One, can we just give it Idris Elba all the trophies for just being the most <laughs> charming motherfucker on the planet? Like, I would watch him end that role, and I think he's not really doing anything. He's just doing his Idris Elba thing, but with cool CGI guns. And I don't know, there's just something so charming, that whole scene where he's like, no one likes to show off, unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck, and he just goes... Like the way they, yeah. they humbled him, oh, yeah. he wasn't like a perfect superhero. I loved all his little foibles as a as a character. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the that one scene that was great. So just to just to, to explain that scene though mm. to everybody, it's it's um, John Cena and and Idris Elba having a bit of a, a dick measuring contest, killing <laughs> soldiers going up the campment, and John Cena just keeps showing off, and then that's that great line of 
No one likes to show off. <laughs> My favorite is whatever at the end he's dangling for a cable. It just gets again in such a human moment, which is why we love these characters. And the grappling hook starts slipping out of the brick, and he just goes, "Ah, oh, fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I will watch Idris Elba like eat a banana like that man. It is his count is endlessly watchable. <laughs> well, the briefing scene was great for that too, because um, after everyone dies, they do a quick flashback of 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 uh, eight hours earlier or whatever, just to show the actual Suicide Squad get together. Mm -hmm. And just in the it's in the trailer, it's in the briefing room where Polka Dot Man, you know, we're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's <sighs> sake! He's just so <laughs> defeated with all these morons. <laughs> He's forced uh, to work with. So you brought you brought oh yeah, so you brought up. Okay, wait. You can't just gloss over that. Can we give it up to Dave Dishmalchen for just finally playing the role he was born to play? Oh yeah, no. Polka Dot Man is now one of my favorite characters. Even he's nothing like the comic book at all. Obviously, I can't wait. It's in name only for the cosplay. I can't oh, wait yeah. for all the fan art. Like the fact that they took that character and not made him like. The fact that he had like PTSD and actually oddly sympathetic, despite the fact he was a complete psychopath, I was like, "You didn't well, have technically to." Technically, all he did was kill his mom, who was like ex viciously experimenting on him. So, he's, which he he's also was fantasizing villain. about dry humping at the club. I don't think I think that's a pretty yeah. big fucking. <laughs> no, he's he's the most insane, but he's also like the least evil of of, of the entire Suicide Squad because all true. he did was like be. He was he killed his torturer and it was driven mad by her, and that's like all he the only bad thing he did. So he he is the most relatable in a weird way <laughs> for the audience. Well, we don't know in the interim. The he could have polka dotted a couple motherfuckers here and Just there. Just fucking killed some people yeah. here and there. There's a lot of gray area. I, between I them sent you a dots. link of uh, of he he adopted a cat while they were shooting on location. Did I you saw get that? It. Yeah, I saw and then that. the costume designer made the cat a polka dot. That cat man outfit. fucking hates that outfit. <laughs> I'm oh, telling yeah. you right now. <laughs> oh yeah, not happy with the production designer or the uh, costume designer. Poke at a all. fuck you, <laughs> Dismulchin. That That's all I gotta oh, say. Yeah. He was absolutely great, but um, uh, yeah, the punchline to that whole first scene was that they killed all the good guys. They were breaking into a into a camp of rebels. <laughs> They just killed all the Han Solos of the movie. Oh, it was so good. It was <laughs> like so on accident. Good. It, like it was to great. the to the point where I I I know it was for jokes, but like whenever she was like reconciled with them and she was like, "Don't worry, Rick Flag will still help you." I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah, like, I make they, a deal with the devil in order to bring down this guy. Yeah, they literally murdered a woman at a wash basin who was just doing her yeah. laundry, and you're still down to help them out. Like that was, <laughs> oh my god, so fucking good. It was pretty great. It was, uh, I, like, l like sitting alone, laughed out loud at the reveal of, of when he's just like, these are the rebels fighting against the corrupt president. I guess Frank Flag's <laughs> got to have, like, some sort of fucking tinnitus or something, not hear an entire watchtower oh, collapse, yeah. not but 20 feet outside of a tent, too. Yeah, it, like, it's no, not yeah, like yeah. he was in a room. Like. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the um, uh, reality of the situation gave way to the joke there for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a but giant I, fucking tower going down. But that was kind of the tone of the movie. It's like, listen, a lot of this is going to be a little over the top, but trust me, it's worth it. Like, I'm like in every term, like, all right, I'll I'll buy it, I'll roll with it, man. You know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, not, like, there's not 
too much plot going forward from there because it's Harley's adventure being kidnapped was, and trying to turn into a princess. I was going to say that was one of my favorite parts, man, because you could tell, again, like, he was it was a bit of a fuck you to birds of prey. He was like, here's how you do a Harley subplot, all right? You don't yeah, just shoehorn it into the movie. You have it work in the overall plot. You make, make her evolve as a character, for fuck's sakes. Like, I feel like they really took a page out of the... DC comic show like she had that new tattoo in her back what did her jacket say or something like no jokes uh, or something live free die clown yeah die clown and uh <laughs> just her being like I'm done with that dude shit and anyone else who was like slightly resembles him like I thought that was a great scene to give her where she's just finally like they don't just fade away like all that trauma builds up so like it just it to me that was heart totally Harley Quinn. She's like, my only way to solve this pain is by murdering them before they become horrible people. And like that fits oh, her yeah, personality yeah. so well. Like, yep, she would totally do that. And well, then there's so many great lines in the movie, like her saying, like, you're just so much prettier with all those nasty thoughts yeah. like this, with all those nasty thoughts out of your head. Can't believe there's a bullet in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, like again, it felt like Gun being like a little like, yeah, I know, I worked for Disney for two fucking movies in eight years, like the Harley Quinn massacre scene that just goes full Snow White with like, I think they were cell animated birds. If not, that's some great fucking CGI because they oh, yeah. really, they really just like, I loved it. Harley Vision, like the again, the movie just being like, listen, it's gonna get a little over the top, but trust me, when you see what Harley Vision looks like. It's gonna be so fucking worth it, man. Like when she's slitting throats and petals and birds are coming out, I'm like, that's again, you do get this character. Do you think that um, that that was sort of like why Tarantino went black and white and Kill Bill because they threatened him with a an X rating for violence, so he just took put the massive uh, the Crazy Eighty Eight massacre scene in black and white in order to avoid the X rating. That's a hundred percent what it was. Yeah, because they were—they probably yeah. were like, okay, this is a little too much violence, yeah. and so I was like, well, it's easy enough just to animate over it. Because in uh, that's true, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And then like, and it adds to the weirdness of it all. But and it's, um, yeah, it's a, 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 a choice for the better too. My favorite too is just the way he handles certain elements, like after that scene when she's waiting for the cab and the doors are open, like the diegetic music, the soundtrack still playing in the background, and the pedals and the birds are like out of focus, still in the hallway, just still kind of going, yeah, yeah, yeah or like sure. all all the title cards, you know, like I, you could tell he, the dude was like, I'm just having fun with this dude. I just I, I'm having the time of my life making this movie. Oh yeah, no, I love that he like Tarantino style broke it up into chapters. Mm -hmm. It wasn't his. It wasn't a movie that I guess there's so many characters to deal with. It wasn't an act. There wasn't as many acts as there were chapters. Because I think what was there? There was. Um, oh jeez. Oh my god! I can't even remember the names of all like Operation Harley, and then there's Suicide Squad Jodenheim. versus Starro. Yeah. Jodenheim. Um, Dirty little secrets. Dirty little there's, secrets. There's a ton. I can't remember. I don't know how many there are. There's a lot of little chapter titles. Yeah. But yeah, so the, and um, again tr from the trailer, they go to rescue Harley, and uh, and she's already broken herself out. And then from that point on, it's just going to Jotunheim and fighting Starro. So it's it is like objectively a very simple A to B to C plot. But then there's just so much layered into it to create like every scene leading to having consequences. Everything has consequences in that movie. Mm -hmm. Like and every single moment, story moment has a consequence later in the story. If you ever want to add gravity to your situation, just get a veteran Doctor Who actor 
to give like a yeah. chilling fucking speech about how the American government meddles too much in Central America's affairs and is now paying the price for it. And you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ, that grounded this film in reality right quick. Holy fuck. Like pretty damn quick. That's another great line too where he's like, if God existed, wouldn't this be proof that he wasn't good? Yes. <laughs> you're like, that's a great fucking line. He was fucking great in that movie. How would yeah, you feel like a, a, go. a dozen rats crawl up your ass? Like, my, my answer might surprise you. Like that? Yeah. Oh, my answer might surprise you. <laughs> yeah. I loved all the little faces he would make. Like, he reminded me of like yeah. an uncomfortable tour guide. Like, yeah, just the yeah, awkward yeah. smiles and nods. <laughs> well, that was another, like, there were a few genuine, and I don't laugh out loud at movies, and I never want to watch movies more than once these days for a while now, but I, I watched Suicide Squad twice yeah. in, oh, in in two days but I love the scene where they're using him to get into Jodenheim <laughs> and they just smash his head against the eye reader he's Fuck like oh, God, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed I just was like belly laughing at that That just that quick little moment so good <laughs> just smash it up let me ask you this there's mm. a line when they're coming in and the Star Oak uh, horde is talking to them he's like he tortured me he had his way with me, and Capaldi makes me. this smile. Like, uh, was he fucking, yeah. he fucking that starfish, yeah. right? Because we know James Gunn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way I he. Won't I don't know if he fought if he fucked Starro or one of Starro's extensions. Oh, I don't know, yeah. but he put his dick on something. That's he fucked did. up. <laughs> God his, damn it, Gunn! Put something in him. He, Starro may have yeah. gone. One of his squids may have gone in him. His little tentacles. Wow. Tickling his butthole. Yeah. Really changes yeah. the context of that scene. Yeah, she's oh, he's, uh, he's remember, like, what's her face? Annie Wilkes in misery, keeping her the Starro prisoner. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking him. Yeah, um, the kid. Remember we talked uh, when in the failed version of this podcast that didn't work out. We were, I was talking about how kids were mentioned so much. I was wondering yes. if it was James Gunn. So watching it a second time, um, the re at the end, Amanda Waller is about to kill the entire Suicide Squad because they make the right choice to go and fight Starro. Because as it turns out in the in the story. Uh, she just sent them there to destroy America's involvement, the evidence of America's involvement in Starro. But after that was destroyed, they wanted, you know, she wanted to recall them, and they were like, fuck you, I'm going to go fit the starfish, or kill the starfish. Um, when he, her team knocks her out, the big reveal is like, it's children, man. She, there's children mm -hmm. there. It's like all like children, children, children. And then earlier, Peacekeeper talks about how, like, I'll kill every man, woman, and child in order to have peace. And then at one point, Indra's Elba makes a point about oh there's children yep. here mate yep. like so they just keep referencing children and I wonder if it was James Gunn being like I'm not a fucking pedophile see look, I, just look <laughs> so recent news after this failed podcast um, his friend and star in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was one of the Ravagers uh, mm -hmm. James Uringer, stage name Jimmy Urin from the band Mindless Self Indulgence, aka MSI, okay. a band I listened to with a lot of ecstasy and goth girls back in high school. Um, not surprisingly, considering the content of their fucking music and the fact that James would make out with you backstage for a dollar as long as you weren't ugly, regardless of age. <laughs> Turned out to be oh. grooming a 15-year-old for like the like through 1997 through like 2007. Like he had like a 15-year-old girlfriend that like the fucking entire label kept quiet. He was she was backstage at shows and shit, and no one said anything. Huh. And I just felt like the second that story came out, I could feel James Gunn being like, children, remember my movie? I said fucking children. No, I don't, not fucking children, but saving the the children from the fucking monster. Oh, James, you fucking 
quick. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Bad timing, man. Bad yeah. timing, motherfucker. My name is in every headline. Please don't remind people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of agree because I noticed it on my second watch too when I think Idris Elba, it comes up a lot. The word children comes up yeah. as much as the word friends in Star Wars. They say it like every other scene. Yeah. It's all about family. Mm-hmm. It's all about children. It's all about the children. The movie featuring violent sex, eye gougings, exp- and bodily explosions. It's for the kids. So it's you know for kids you know for kids. <laughs> the hula hoop of the 21st century. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Oh man, I hope in the next like couple years we don't get another round of James Gunn's a pedophile because then it's going to be hard to pretend it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> he, he stopped uh, dyeing his hair too, so he's got like that shock white. I roll up in a van with yeah. a magic tricks and candy kind of look to him now. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like the guy from Mythbusters. He does look a bit like Jamie. He looks, yeah. It's weird. I noticed him and Johnny Knoxville both stopped dyeing their hair at the same time. So I'm like, how many other, you other fuckers are lying, hiding behind a shield just for men? He has like, like, like Santa Claus white hair. He has the gray hairs that I'm starting to get, which makes me like, I I wanted to have gray hair. I'm getting that white hair. So I'm going to be an old man Santa Claus like James Gunn and I'm not thrilled about it. So I can understand why he's dyed it this long. Hmm. Just because white hair fucking sucks. Gray hair is classy and dignified as shit. White hair makes you look like a buffoon. Well, it makes you look like Doc Brown. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Even <laughs> he was he he was like blondish mixed in at least you know. When he got his but, blood um, replaced in the yeah in yeah. twenty fifteen. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Oh my god. Oh, the future of oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I had another one of those oh my god moments because it's it's the fortieth of indie this year, so I've been going down an indie rabbit hole, and um, um, it's been as much time since Raiders as there was between Raiders and the serials that Raiders was based on. The same amount of time uh, has fucking passed forty one to eighty one, eighty one to twenty twenty one. That's pretty nuts. That's, uh, that's insane, right? That's pretty funny. That's crazy. Back to the fucking Suicide Squad of it all. One of my Can favorite. I say my two? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one of my favorite parts of it was um, surprisingly because I usually whenever I get to a punchy punchy fight, like unless it's mm. like the Bourne movies where there's a, a kind of a choreography and a sweat like a slickness to them, I, I stop giving a shit. But there was something really well done about the Peacemaker. Rick flag fight where it wasn't a superhero it fight. was actual consequence yeah and you actually it felt like it kind of reminded me of uh, the Netflix Daredevil show where as you watch the fight you felt the dude getting tired and struggling and like each blow mm-hmm. actually mattered it wasn't just dudes getting punched around and thrown through shit yeah, exactly um, it wasn't it, Black Widow no exactly and also like the fact that like John Cena is a massive dude who looks like a super soldier and Rick Flagg looks like a big dude but not tough enough to fight a super soldier so you felt the fuelness of that fight from like the second one he pulls that thing out of his side you're like dude mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I have to watch Rick Flagg get the fucking shit kicked at him for the next five minutes fuck yeah and it just felt like there was more weight to it obviously for all those simple reasons mm-hmm. of like it had story consequences it had character consequences and it was a really well executed and choreographed fight so and did you flood your pants at the Mortal Kombat fatality at the end just through his heart yeah <laughs> Rick Flagg just fucking dead no because I kind of thought like James Gunn is killing off all the first movie's characters I'm surprised Harley lived but I imagine the studio was like you're not fucking touching Harley oh I just thought she's our I meant, like number one money maker that's true I just meant as a Mortal Kombat fan I thought that I didn't see oh, that coming because in. it 
cut to his heart. Yeah. It actually cut to his heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was brutal. Which, and it looked really good, too. It didn't look cheesy or, or CGI. Well, that's you, what a great was. commitment to acting that What's-His-Fuck has is that they actually let him... No. <laughs> Stick a blade right <laughs> they, through his yeah, heart. They stuck one of those tiny cameras down his throat into his chest cavity. <laughs> they had a medical team. Commitment. Daniel Day-Lewis would have done it that yeah. way. I wonder if he has a pig's heart now. Yes. Yeah, in sure. addition to uh, his pedophile ring, Dame's Gun has a litany of pig's hearts provided by <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Keeps them on hand from Stallone Farm. I, I have no um, proof of this. These are just facts that I am throwing out there. Planting <laughs> seeds, folks. Feel free to let see what grows. See what grows. Spreading rumors like it, like you're a living TikTok That's right correct. here. That's right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> um, I want to talk about my the two great lines that uh, that came at the end. Which were one was um, Starro as Starro was being defeated, and his his last line is "I was happy, <laughs> floating and staring at stars." And uh, in the, like in one line, you're like, "Oh, poor yep. Starro!" Yeah, <laughs> like you just suddenly are so sad for Starro. It's a victim and the story. Other one, it's a victim story. It really yeah, is. Yeah. And then the other line, which which actually made me kind of go like, <gasps> and hiccup just a little bit, was just the "Why Rats, Father?" It's the flashback to Ratcatcher yep. too, and he just says, "Rats are the lowliest creatures in the world. If they have purpose, so do we all." And the music just flares as she's protecting her father figure yep. that she's adopted, yep. and using the rats to bring down the giant monster. Who five seconds later you feel really sorry for, <laughs> but, but it's because the moment, real like, monster yeah. here is America's irresponsibility <laughs> in international waters. That's the real fucking villain. Real. The real villain is America. Yeah, always. I can see all the uh, the hardcore DC guys being like, where's my fucking Zack Snyder waving his fucking flag with his jokes and shit? Goddamn liberal <laughs> bitches. <laughs> you don't like it. Yeah. Y'all 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 don't want to see fucking Wonder Woman's pussy? I do. Fuck <laughs> you, James Gunn. So you've seen the message boards. <laughs> Who do you think's the one writing all these things? Uh, Man, you know. my favorite part. I, I was just such a Harley fan in this one. I, like her outfit in the opening scene when she she came in with that leather jacket. I'm like, more of that. She looks like she just walked out of an Arkham Asylum DLC. It looks awesome. Or Injustice, that like yeah. Injustice fighting game. That's right. That too, yeah. Um, but her floating through a giant alien starfish's eyeball in slow motion as rats pouring through the wound yeah. and eat its ocular nerve yeah, is yeah. one of the most fucked up and gorgeous pieces of cinema I have seen yeah. in like 20 years. And like, it's yeah. so gratifying. He really captured the emotion of just like, ah, the relief of like the missions over, like this impossible kaiju thing is about to be taken down by like a swarm of rats and all of it again, as, even though it's all completely ridiculous. Having something tangible as a antagonist as opposed to like, I don't know, a blue beam that squirts in the sky and shit falls out of it. Yeah. It's it's there's something about that where it you like when they're on the helicopter leaving, see, I get that feeling I get from Jurassic Park when they're leaving yeah. that, like, that <laughs> relief at like, oh, it's just, finally uh... fucking over that you just it's it's hard to capture that on screen. But Harley just floating through this thing's eyeball is like rats chew this bloody mess. 
oddly the weirdest way to capture that feeling for me. <laughs> yeah. And that was just like the movie was full of those moments where you had to like you step back for a second and go like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and that was to see a, a, a woman floating in an alien's eyeball with rats chewing on it. And you're like, what? What? what is this? Is the most excessive extreme? No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially contextualizing it with that tone. And I think that's what he's really, yeah. really good at. Like the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is also dramatic and serious. And then cue fucking come and get your love you're like ding, the fuck ding, are we ding, watching ding, like ding, ding. Yeah, he's exactly. really good at just shifting the tone like you're expecting Indiana Jones to get a music video you know yeah and um and the music in this was what he he did hold back a lot there wasn't a ton of songs in this but the score was really really great oh John Murphy yeah. who if I'm not mistaken is the uh the composer from the 28 days later soundtrack which is one of my favorites interesting is it the same yep it's him same fella and he's just been sitting around since 28 days later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What's he been up to since then? He's 28 weeks later. Uh, well, oh, he, he's actually of, a professional oh. recording artist too, apparently. The uh, the a great another great uh, you you'll, you'll you'll know the answer to this. Was this original score or was this the score from Rosemary's Baby when King Shark goes into the giant aquarium and he's like new dumb friends and it's like la 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 la. It's just that creepy singing. I swear to God, it was it was from the music from Rosemary's Baby, but I could be completely wrong, and that could just be original score that yeah. was maybe temp tracked. I am googling this right now. It is it sounded not so familiar. It is, it is not. not. Um, but unless I, they that, both were music that existed before the movies. That they music, both? and they both just used the same song. But it would have yeah. come up like if I search for the both of them, man. True, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting because that music really stood out the second time around. I think it's an original composition. Um, well, this is great. It audio. sounded so much like Rosemary's Baby, like it was creepily similar. Just that da 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 da, like almost children's choir or soprano choir at least. I it think it's original, as, as far as I can tell. It is original. People correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is. Yeah, please, please. But yeah. That 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 part. <laughs> it was a great. Did you see um, Peacemaker's uh, betrayal coming? Yes. Okay. So the second they're in space with Starro, when they show like the the montage when they, like, he's showing current like, like you dare be sarcastic with me. Yeah. <laughs> and they showed the U.S. involvement of the astronauts. I'm like, there's no way it doesn't end with P like the evil looking John Cena being like those. We can't let people find out. Like, I knew it was in the water. The second they showed U.S. fucking dudes capturing Starro, I was like, that's where this is going. Because why else would I you have two identical characters unless one was going to yeah, be a gonna go evil bad... Yeah, and, yeah, and, like, he clearly looks Even evil. they're all bad guys. They're all yeah. bad guys, but one, like, proudly, like, boasts that he'll kill women and children, and he's kind of, like, a one-track mind maniac. Like, I, lo I do love that one moment he gave him where he humanized him just a bit right before when Ratcatcher's like, you have the drives, like, you can destroy them, why kill me? Like... He flinches for a second. You see his lip quiver. Well, he and he's has like, a lot of. Yeah. He's like, I'm thorough, kid. And you're just like, oh, he's he doesn't like doing this, but like that's kind he of just like does it. he's at yeah, that that American patriot fucking mentality, that blind fucking allegiance. He's yeah. just so well. Even the look on his face it. when he yeah, sorry. Even the look on his face when he kills uh, Rick Rick Flag is is mm. not a, a joyous one. Yeah, he, <laughs> like I do he love seems... that that line where he's just like, even if it takes killing a hero like you. Captain, like, yeah, oh, I'm, sorry, I'll, I'll sir. I'm yeah. sorry, sir. I'm like, I love that line. It's, it's not a lot, but like, it's just like, oh, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, he's just a yeah, robot. Yeah. yeah. 
And I wonder where the series is going to go. Is it going to be about? Is it going to just be a balls to the wall sort of silly, ridiculous action? Series I see about it going. He has to learn. Is, he's got to learn, yeah. learn his humanity and redeem himself. Like that's yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a redemption story. Yeah, yeah. That's I oh, kind shoot. of felt, it. Really reminded me of. Um, okay, that one I heard. <laughs> it really reminded that me. That was of the, uh, my alarm going off. Sorry. It hurt, remind me of uh, Black Widow with. Uh, with Julia Louis Dreyfus coming up to Florence Pugh and being like, "You have to go to the Hawkeye TV series." I'm like, "This resolution takes a conversation." Like, yeah, I like yeah. when I always saw them like, "We're gonna send him out in the world because he's gonna save the fucking planet." I was like, "Okay, so I you have." I, I didn't like that. Yeah, you, know? you have to make him a good guy. Clearly, so his yeah. arc is gonna be he's not going to be a murdering prick anymore. He's gonna or become more John Cena. And, yeah, yeah. And then, or, or maybe they're just gonna go full bad guy show. It and depends. Just make it, him a, a fucking bad guy. Is is Gun the showrunner on the whole thing? Because yeah, then I can see going that was, way. I wasn't. I didn't like his end credit scene happened before the credits. You could tell that, that um, the 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 weasel waking up the first death of the weasel. <laughs> and he wakes up at the end of the movie and he's not dead. You can totally tell that was an end credit scene because production on this John Cena show didn't start until a few months ago. So I th- I feel like they they were like okay James we need you to marvel it up for yep. us one last time yeah. and shoot this ending and I really didn't like that tag it felt really forced and weird he's got to save the fucking world and I was like ugh I'll make sure to shut this movie off before the credits end I literally did that <laughs> the, the second time I watch it yeah the second yeah. time I watch it I'm like oh, I'm good on that it it, it does good. kind of a little stank on it but like again I get it like. You're a company, you're a corporation, you have a bunch oh, yeah, of eyes on sure. this pro you've got to springboard a bunch of shit. Like I, I totally get it. Um I'm sure. But it does kinda like, yeah, I, I, I like the after the rest of the movie, you're like, oh, but I kinda like that like homeboy shot him in the throat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that right? was such a fucking great cowboy finish really to his good. story, you know? Smaller yeah, bullets, motherfucker, really you know, like Yeah. So I wonder if the decision to keep him alive was also done in post-production. Might have been. And he was just like, I want to keep my buddy John Cena uh, working, you know? That's true. it did seem like he was fucking dead. Yeah, dead <laughs> as fuck. through the throat, yeah. And they were like, maybe we found him under a bunch of rubble, I think is yeah. what they say. And I'm just like, okay, so he, like, it really felt like James Gunn being like, I'll resurrect this dude, but I'm not happy. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to tell the audience it makes zero fucking sense. Yeah, it's, right it, off the it, bat. It's, just give me my fucking paycheck. Let's go. Get this TV Isn't show going. Isn't it crazy? Like, objectively crazy how uh, a group of, like, murdering, sociopathic, psychopathic villains had more humanity than the heroes in the DCU right now? <laughs> than Batman <laughs> and Superman and Flash and Wonder Woman? They are actually more interesting and more human and better good guys than like the yeah. A-list DC characters right That's now. That's true. But Isn't we that fucking crazy? It's also a lot more fun to watch Bloodsport go from being kind of a prick to a to a leader of a team than watching Clark Kent go from a prick who wants to kill Batman to a guy who wants to save the world, but now he wears a black suit. Like, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of yeah. room, wiggle room for that character to have a dramatic arc or any sort of character depth. Same with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, the entire time I was watching those other two DC movies, like, his whole thing is like, we gotta build the team. We gotta build the team. I'm like, I, okay, sure. It's all about family. But, like, every time you walk on camera, I know exactly what you're gonna fucking say because it's yeah. all that's, yeah, you're, you're the Dom Torero of this fucking franchise. I get it. But, yeah. I don't know. Like this is way way more interesting. If you take a bunch of like assholes who are just there to be bad guys and you make them all hang out together, 
it's like a weird fucking season. It's like season one of the Osbournes. You know, like you have to like these people are either going to kill each other or they're going to fucking you know, save trying. the day. Yeah, or die trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I guess in, in, in the over the past hundred years, you know, almost hundred years, DC and Marvel have like... DC's been on top and then Marvel's been on top and then DC's been on top Marvel's been on top one's been making quality and then the other makes quality and it does feel like Marvel as much as fun as their new TV shows are it's it's like they're, they're not gonna change their format at all and mm. it's been almost 15 years now of their same format and they're not gonna they wouldn't dare shoot that fucking racehorse in the head you know what I mean so it's gonna be the same kind of movies the same kind of shows like even WandaVision ended very much like a Marvel movie and like you weren't a big hmm. fan of Loki I liked it more but it's still very and DC has figured out like okay no one can do fucking what Marvel's doing so fuck that we're not going to do that anymore we're going to start making these standalone like yeah. like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker the Batman Suicide Squad they're not related to anything else even though there's elements of them that maybe and I think that's the really smart move because you know, in 2008, we didn't know we were going to have to wait 12 years to see the climax of Iron Man's story. Yeah. We just were along for the ride. But now we know. Now yeah. we're kind of on to it. Yeah. We're like, no one wants to sit and wait fucking 12 more years to see Shang-Chi, you know, sacrifice himself. And for, for Kang. Yeah. For Kang. You know what I mean? Like, eh, That's a good point. Who wants to do that? Yeah. I'd rather just, you know, show up for one movie, 120 minutes, and then I'm out and done. But... With the uh, segueing into the other thing I was going to talk about that I watched this week, the first what if of it all, I mm-hmm. kind of feel like that was the point of the multiverse timeline. They could see ex- they had the conversation. What you just said, they had that conversation probably around Infinity War, so, like maybe Civil War. They're like, listen, it's there's true. They're, they're always one step ahead. Yeah. So I'm sure they were like, listen, if we open up the multiverse standalone movies, we can do that ad nauseum. Because that, like, you know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't really affect the original storylines and also gives us leniency to start doing exactly what DC's doing. And like you were saying, you know, they always kind of compete back and forth. They probably could see, like, again, there seems to be a lot of studio espionage going back and forth. Now they're both doing multiverse storylines. Mm-hmm. They probably yeah. know exactly what DC's next five, ten years looks like. So they're already kind of trying to get one up them on that. So I, I bet you the conversations already happened. Like that Joker movie did a fuck ton of money and it had nothing to do with any of their other Justice League movies. We have we to could start throw going. A Wolverine movie out like yep, that. You know? Yep. Yeah. And that, like, that, so when you saw, I saw those timelines branching off, I'm like, there's your Deadpool movie, there's your Logan movie. Yeah. There, you know what I mean? Like you can there's just the X Men. Yep. There's Fantastic Four. Yeah, I think that's the. And that's, I guess they yeah. could. They could still keep their through line universe too. Oh yeah. You know they could they could have both. They could cake and eat it to it. Oh, totally. For sure. And then, like, you, like the best thing about, like, putting tendrils out there is that even if it's a standalone fucking Wolverine movie that, that he comes back for, like, even 10 seconds, you kind of left the door open to have him pop up in Avengers se- uh, 6. What are they on now? You know, yeah, like, just yeah. for a split yeah, second. Yeah, if you want to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I hope that, that's... I, I always feel like Marvel's the one with the plan because DC never seems like they have a plan as evidenced by the first Suicide Squad how they right. scrambled to recut it to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy and it always, it always feels like it's been aping the other way like DC's been trying to do Marvel I'm but now to... there is you're, you're right there is that feeling that Marvel's kind of went oh maybe we can find a way to do our own mm-hmm. Jokers you mm-hmm. know what I mean well I'm trying yeah. to think like whenever they were neck and neck what 10 years ago when Dark Knight Trilogy was coming out and they were booting up their Iron Man, like it was like phase one, you know, Mm -hmm. like all in that era, it kind of seemed like, oh, there's a viable chance that like 
we might see DC be a fucking uh, proper studio, you know, because Christopher Nolan was backing Man of Steel and all this shit. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, so, that whole time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it, there was a moment where it's like it seemed like they had learned their lesson from the Schumacher Batman's and like, no, 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 let's keep the same fucking people. Like, there was rumors that even Christian Bale was supposed to pop up in Man of Steel or or yes, no, it was um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yeah, he was. They were going to keep that universe alive. Yeah. So I don't know. Now it seems like they're just like, okay, like you said, it's not working. Let's just fucking go our own way. They can go mm-hmm. their own way. But having said and they're that, they're nailing like, it. They're nailing. Yeah. And then so I don't know. I think that's just going to produce both better content out of both of them. But yeah. at the same time, they have to. They. I think they both can tell the superhero fatigue is rampant like it's it, like it's after and it, it's rare that's why james gunn was like dude i'm gonna do a fucking adventure movie like it's barely a superhero movie you know yeah and also too it's like all these characters like i mean obviously marvel started this even though iron man and thor and hulk were much bigger in pop culture than anyone cares yeah. to admit now in retrospect everyone who knew who the fucking hulk was he just wasn't spider-man that he had was a tv show yeah yeah he had a tv show i mean everyone kind of knew iron man he they was it was out he has there a song a lot more <laughs> right I am Iron Man but um, now I like that that they're going like to like F lister characters yep. like these companies have thousands and thousands and thousands of characters and they've been focusing on the same like dozen or two for 50 60 years so I like now even like it's so beyond Ant-Man yep. in terms like of popularity like who the fuck is Ratcatcher 2 exactly you know what I mean who the fuck is um is was Idris Elba's character I think he's in like one issue where he shoots Superman with a bullet <laughs> is he even in the universe more than that I don't know I don't even know I don't know I don't know and that's great that I don't know exactly and because again like once you put expectations on these characters you're like well I know fucking Bruce Wayne ain't gonna die before the credits roll but like right if you just give me like what's it called like even Yondu like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of like you know yeah. they're their peripheral franchise i had no stakes in any of those characters and when you kill yondu i'm like oh my god i did not see that coming and why am i crying like holy shit that's a great example for the marvel one too james gunn doing it Mm -hmm. again because like the guardians of the galaxy were the least known characters out of the entire marvel lineup at that point i'm probably not the first person to say this but it was almost like the studio like they were doing so well at that point they're like we dare you to like this one you know (laughs) almost yeah it wasn't the tagline for the first Marvel, uh, first Guardians, something like, 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 yeah, you go, girl. Or some the second, shit like that. The second one, it's I remember this so vividly. Obviously, right? It was them leaning on the wall. It's a, it's a parody of a Ramones album cover, and it just yeah. said Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and the tagline said, "You're welcome." And I was like, "You're welcome" was part two. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, "What?" Well, they know exactly. That's fucking cocky. Yep, yep. <laughs> but that movie made a fuck ton of money. Like, and I'm like, they knew exactly what they had. And again, it was just this dude being like, "No, no, no, no. You have an entire catalog, and like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It like who yeah, yeah, plays yeah. them, or if people know the characters or not. As long as you put in a good fucking." plot through the movie that you can make these guys fucking watchable you can make them great the, i i wish i could remember the tagline for the first one because it was something like that like um it wasn't quite as ballsy as you're welcome but it was basically something like you don't know these guys fuck you you're going to you know it was like something like that i don't remember though one of them was but, uh all heroes start somewhere when things get bad they'll do their worst <laughs> oh well maybe i'm completely wrong then i really thought there was something more clever to the first Guardians, almost like a like Marvel, we're doing it 
fuckers. <laughs> like something like that. The second one had obviously. Could... Maybe I dreamed it. <laughs> the second one is a good. Anyone can save the galaxy once. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess I know. Unless you have anything else at the end of the day, would more you, uh, Idris. Recommend oh more yeah, Idris. more Idris all the time. I just want Idris and everything all the fucking time. And they did say that that, that that wasn't a case of Will Smith didn't want to do it, so they just hired another, you know, black dude with the same story that, that James Gunn wanted to use Death... What's his fucking name? I can never remember his name. Deadshot. Deadshot. No, no, no. Idris Elba. Oh, I'm sorry. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. The, he did say that he wanted Bloodsport from day one and Will Smith wasn't even an option, but I get that the vibe could be like, oh, you just sort of made another character the same as, <laughs> as Dead, Deadshot. In, hmm. in the sequel, but it really, it really wasn't though. There's two conflicting. The daughter thing was a little. Yeah, yeah. that is in terms of his motive. Yeah, yeah. And what else are you gonna motivate a black man in prison with other than threatening his children? I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot else you can throw at him. He's already at the bottom of the fucking pile, man. Like... But what's the twist? He doesn't even want that kid. <laughs> That's true. But he still is a good enough guy to 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 put himself in harm's way to keep her safe. Yeah, no one wants any kid fucking getting it's, getting murdered let I, alone your own daughter especially on your watch oh, oh getting murdered i thought you were just gonna say no one wants any kids <laughs> i can't i can't I, there'll be people knocking on my door if i were to make that claim yeah i was about to say man <laughs> this, this audio goes out on the interwebs they'll be playing this in court <laughs> good lord is, is that are we yeah, good to, are, are, is i that, think um yeah i was just gonna say like our usual wrap-up of like you're gonna recommend Suicide Squad. Any caveats to that recommendation? I I have, I think it's time for our new segment. Oh fuck, our new segment. That's right. About that, I also would say. I just love throwing it out. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Nah, nothing of of importance. I was gonna say, yeah, go fucking see this movie as soon as possible. Good time, good time. Already, cannot recommend enough. And if you listen to this podcast without having watched the movie, uh, suck a dick. Bad time. I mean, come on. Bad fucking time. time. The fuck you doing? Get your shit together. What the fuck you doing? Get your shit together. Put those Cheetos down. All right. Yeah. So my question of the week, Chris Carson, is that we have several charismatic members of the Suicide Squad, each one with their own unique skill set. So imagine, I'm, I'm borrowing a bit from the internet, I'm sure you've seen this question many, many times, but a mm-hmm. variation thereof. Which member of your family do you picture when you kill people? No. Um, <laughs> which My dog. <laughs> which member <laughs> would you have protect you while all the other ones come to kill you? Oh, that old classic question. Mm-hmm. I'm getting King Shark to protect me. That motherfucker really? seems like nigh invulnerable or invincible. Sorry. Polka Dot Man seems like he could fuck that dude up by beyond repair, man. Yeah, but he he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna fuck it up. He's gonna like see me as his mother, <laughs> and then turn on me or something, or just trip. You know, he's gonna fuck up. King Shark is just like an unstoppable force. I think I'm gonna go with King Shark. Really. Yeah. Why? Who's who? Who are you picking? You picking polka dots? Milton. You picking Milton? Milton. That dude made it surprisingly far for a guy with no powers. Oh, Mil- Milton. Milton. <laughs> oh, Milton. You know, there's the, a guy named Milton. 
Yeah, we just had an entire conversation about how the leader of the team was the black guy named Milton, <laughs> which was one of my favorite my lines in the Milton. movie. Just to like give you a window into how insane Harley is, it's like nothing up there makes mm-hmm. sense. Like she's completely gone. <laughs> oh, that guy, yeah. Milton. She's, Milton. A, she's essentially Winona Ryder with a murderous bloodlust. <laughs> like she's just completely lost. Um, no, I would not go. Winona Ryder in a movie. It's just Winona Ryder. It's just Winona Ryder. I, I got to yeah. go with Polka Dot Man, man. Yeah. Yeah. His, his Polka Dots are potent. They're potent dots. They're they, potent Polka they, Dots. They're potent Dots. And honestly, like, you know, it seems easy to become his friend. He doesn't really demand True. much of you other than you don't make fun of his weird disfigurements. <laughs> his bar's low, man. All I'm saying. I don't know. I can just picture myself, like, on King Shark's shoulders riding him like a horse. Plowing through, yeah, occasionally plowing through you gotta the competition. Pull your ankles out of the way because he might bite him off. He might bite him off. He's he's crazy. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I guess it's it's that's the thing. It's like pure, unbridled, unkillable power versus like a shifty motherfucker, but with really potent polka dots. Uh, it's tough. Who would win between those two? You think Polka Dot Man would just take him? How do you know his skin isn't nigh and invulnerable and pervious to the Polka Dots? Well, that's true, because he does survive a... Fu- well, he gets, he's vulnerable to them jellyfish thingies. They cut him up, but didn't... Not much. Like, when he got up on, on the ground, he just had these little, like, mosquito bites all over him. They just bled a lot, like a mosquito bite. So the Polka Dots, though, are, like, gateways into other... Don't they just burn holes in, like, into other dimensions? Isn't that what's happening yeah. there? It's like the holes from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but they're... Yeah, they're 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 like burning. <laughs> they just burn reality. It's an interdimensional parasite or something. Yeah, I gotta feel like that fucks a shark up mighty fierce. Because I'll, I'll go could. with King Shark is is able to deflect all of that gunfire because you know he's a deep sea creature. So he just has a skin that's like used to being pressurized and all that, like that old mm-hmm. that old chestnut. But that I don't think chestnut. that stops you from interdimensional polka dots, dude. Oh, wait, but here's a counterpoint, though. He, like, unleashed his full, like, full blue balls. He just shot his entire wad of polka dots mm-hmm. at Starro, and all it did was fuck up his ankle. That's correct. So, there are limitations well, to these King polka Shark dots. took a dive at fucking Hulk style and just nibbled on his arm a bit. Like, True. <laughs> I know it would have... That was actually one part that I was like, ah, damn, that bugged me a little. But that Because the, the logic went out the window in that moment of why he wouldn't have shot the polka dots at the eye. Because then it would have just been over. That's why he didn't. That's a good point. But I was like, oh... <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, well. I, I did love the part that you get that, like, uh, body snatchers moment uh, where he hits the leg and they all start grabbing their legs and screaming in unison. Yeah, Needs yeah, to be yeah, more yeah, of that. Yeah. More of that hive mind shit. And, uh, and, and, and everyone having their arc. Harley's in one fucking scene. But everyone having an arc. Polka Dot Man completes its arc right before he's smushed. Yeah. And then Idris Elba pets a rat and it cuts to credits. The last arc needing to be resolved, he pets a rat and boom, credits. Really fucking rem- brilliant. Really reminded me of uh, the end of Guardians. Like, yeah, I'm going to end this movie on a CGI rodent. Fuck you. Like, that. I don't <laughs> yeah, give a go shit. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because the CGI rodent has meaning. Yeah. And he not actually, just for shits and giggles. He had more character <laughs> development in this film than Henry Cavill in like three. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely did. A rat. It's like that moment when they're at the bar and they're just like, hey, senorita, you forgot the rat. And I'm like, you forgot the rat. Dude, I love the rat. If you heard that fucking rat, I'm turning off the movie. Like, good lord. That rat was front and center swimming through the eye juice. Apparently, that rat was Buddy. Uh, you know, the big guy who was constantly like, there were kids. He was always giving the side eye. 
to, uh, what's her name? Uh, Amanda Waller. Steve Adji's the name of the actor. He's He was the body double for King Shark and also apparently, because you know Gunn likes to put his friends and, and brother yeah, yeah, in yeah. bodysuits. He was miming out the rat, apparently. Which oh, I, really? Which the, I find... The, 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 uh, hipster guy, right? Yeah, yeah, which I find that fucking guy? hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Just him pantomiming rat motions? Yeah. The most simplistic. I guess it's a paycheck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's how Gunn works, but I do like the idea of that man in one, like, a giant gray bodysuit with Ping pong balls all over it, curling up on Idris Elba's lap as he like slowly pets or his just, head. just sitting on the woman's shoulder too, and just <laughs> waving, and that's his day of work. He just waves. Is that rat waving at me? Uh, uh, oh, also hey, going body. Baby. Oh, baby. That that was the worst <laughs> over the phone podcast moment we've ever had. Hey, uh, 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 Remember? <laughs> <Baby. laughs> That's fucking staying in. Professional. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Professional. Yeah. We didn't talk about the weasel of it all. We we kind of touched on it. I just yeah. Well, we should go out on the bit of the weasel. The, the weasel, weasel and, and also like the Fillion coming back into the the Gunniverse. Like TTK is the detachable kid. Oh, dude. Yeah. Leave it to Nathan Fillion. Like one of my favorite lines in the movie, dude, is whenever Pete Davidson can't figure out the the, the seatbelt, and he's like, "That one goes over that there. You're safe." Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I was he safe. didn't die either. They didn't show a red X through Nathan Fillion, so so he's still spitting up blood on the still, beach. Yeah, I was about to say he's still coughing up blood on the beach. Did he at least get his mangled yeah. arms back? <laughs> he could still. I think that James Gunn didn't want to kill him off. I guess maybe just in case. That's just too funny. keep Nathan Fillion's civilian pavilion in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, the fucking weasel. I, I, just having that character, he plastered it all over the fucking trailers and posters yeah. just to kill it in the first eight seconds of the mission. Like, fucking genius. Immediately. Did anyone check and see if the weasel could swim? <laughs> and he just drowns. And But he doesn't. He does live at the end. But, but I love that. The character. And also how it was clearly Sean Gunn. Like, I don't know how they did it. Maybe it's the uh, the big eyes, but, like, this, yeah, the yeah. body movements and the way it was moving the second they showed that fucking weasel, I was like, oh, Sean. I'm yeah. so glad you're still working. Like, you two. So clearly Sean Gunn. So fucking funny. Did I ever, I'm sure I mentioned it on this podcast a billion times, but it's one of my favorite stories about James and Sean Gunn about the end of Guardians 2, the Ravager funeral. Uh, maybe so they they the two maybe, maybe. the two of them apparently like will use uh i can hear her now <laughs> no we'll, i know i gotta go soon okay we'll wrap this quick so they, they use like movies as frames of reference for like you know whenever they're acting and stuff so whenever they were filming the end of guardians 2 during the ravager funeral apparently james said to sean whenever you see the fireworks appearing over yondu's grave think christopher lloyd at the end of cuckoo's nest like it's just pure elation like mad elation and i thought that was like that's how brothers work man that is fucking adorable like i love he's behind the camera and he's like okay uh you're the weasel now and you're drowning so just thrash around the water and scream like an (laughs) idiot and action studio gives him a fuck ton of money to do it i'm like that's adorable yeah that's great (laughs) Just uh, yeah, uh, I think that's the perfect like like capper to to the the talking about this movie is that it's a two hundred million dollar trauma movie. Yep, that's what it is, yep. and it's fucking fantastic. It's very grassroots. Go check it out. Yeah. Go check it out. And again, like I said before, if you haven't and you're at this point in the podcast, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. You just ruined an you amazing movie for yourself in the mirror, and you firmly yeah. backhand yourself. You stupid fuck. Right? Yeah. 
front, what is it? Palm is for discipline, back of the hand is respect. So, palm your, slap yourself with your palm. All right, you got a kid, I got a pee. We got to wrap this uh, up. That's <laughs> time to go. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. As per usual. We will catch you on the next time around for something. Something. We will not dare make the mistake of saying we'll be back next week because that just does not happen anymore. Apparently, Jinx is the podcast like nothing else. Jinx is the <laughs> fuck out of it. So we'll find something to watch and we'll we'll, we'll come back and chat your ear off yeah. incessantly. Soon. Maybe we'll stare yeah. deeply into your Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes, perhaps. Uh, One down. ring to rule them all. Head down to your shire. Check out your Middle Earth and your fuzzy. Hobbit-footed bitches. <laughs> <laughs>